Welcome to the RE Podcast, the first dedicated RE podcast for students and teachers. Season 2, Episode 12, The One About Easter, Part 2. My name is Louisa Jane Smith and this is the RE Podcast, the podcast for those of you who think RE is boring, which it is, and I'll prove it to you. So last episode, we had a look at why Jesus died from a historical point of view, but also from a Christian point of view. We looked at the stages of that story from his last supper with his friends through to his arrest, to the whipping, to the crucifixion. So what happened next? Well, the Roman authorities would stab the prisoner in the side to check they were dead before taking the bodies down from the crucifix. If they were dead, red liquid and white liquid would escape from the wound. There are two possible explanations for this. When your heart stops pumping, the blood stops being pumped around the body and settles. Like oil and water, when they're mixed together, are one substance, but when it settles, separate into two, so it is with blood. When it settles, it separates into the heavier red blood cells and the light blood plasma. So Jesus' heart could have stopped, and that is why red and white liquid came out. The other explanation was the red liquid was blood and the white liquid was the liquid that surrounds the heart, suggesting that Jesus died of a heart attack. Either way, the Romans would be certain that the man crucified was dead before they took him off the cross. Because Jesus died on a Friday and wouldn't have been taken down from the cross till late afternoon, there wouldn't have been enough time to properly bury him before the sundown marks the beginning of the Sabbath. As Jesus and his friends and family were Jewish, there were particular burial rituals that needed to be done, but you can't do any work on a Sabbath. As such, they placed the body into a temporary tomb, lent to them by one of Jesus' rich friends, Joseph of Arimathea. The body was placed here until they had time to bury it properly. This tomb would have had a large rock in front of it and would have been guarded by at least two Roman soldiers, on pain of death if anything happened, partly because of the rumours that Jesus was going to come back to life, but also because Jesus was a political criminal. So the Sabbath lasts from sundown on the Friday until sundown on the Saturday. So the first opportunity they had to perform the burial was early Sunday morning. All four Gospels agree that early on Sunday morning, some women went to bury Jesus, but found an empty tomb. Now, Gospel means good news. In the Bible, there are four Gospels and each of them tell the story of Jesus. Although they all say there were women, three of them specifically name Mary Magdalene as one of them. Now, before we look at explanations for this empty tomb, I do just want to point out how radical it is that women were at the forefront of this story. For the time, and we're talking 2,000 years ago in the Middle East, this is totally radical. The most significant event in Christian history has women right in the centre of it. In fact, the men in the story were told off for not believing the women's testimony. Now, for some, this is evidence that no one made this story up. 
If people had made this story up, then there is no way they would have used women as the key witnesses because women are not reliable, unless they were using reverse psychology. Now, some Gospels mention that the stone in front of the tomb was rolled away, and three of the four Gospels mention that a man in white was in the tomb. One or two mentioned specifically that this was an angel. And this angel, or man in white, tells the women not to be afraid. Three of the Gospels claim he says the words, He is risen. Now, let's explore what this means. He is risen is resurrection. And the word resurrection has a very specific meaning. It does not mean to come back to life. Neither does it mean resuscitation. The Jews had words for both of those eventualities. They did not use any of those words. They used the words resurrection. And resurrection means to go through death and out the other side. As such, there was something different about the resurrected Jesus. This is why some people don't recognise Jesus when they first see him. Mary Magdalene thought he was the gardener at first, and his uncle didn't recognise him when they were walking down the road together. It is not until Jesus starts speaking that they recognise who it is. And it says that Jesus appeared to people for the next six weeks and even ate fish at a barbecue on the beach, so very unlikely to be a ghost. Now, whether he did actually resurrect from the dead is up for debate and we will consider arguments for and against this assertion. But what is clear is that the people who saw Jesus at the time were convinced of this. And 2,000 years later, it is the central belief of the biggest religion in the world, and no one has ever successfully disproved it. What is interesting, though, is that a lot of people have no problem with human resurrection. Many of you listening are not Christians, but you believe that you and people you love will go to heaven after they die. You can't die and go to heaven without resurrection. Also, if God created the whole world from nothing, there is absolutely no reason why he can't resurrect people. But the reality is that the whole of Christianity depends on this event being true. As I said in the last episode, even the Bible says... And if Christ had not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. So, we now know the story of the resurrection. We know what the word resurrection means, so now let's look at the other explanations. Before I do that, I want to teach you something. I teach my students the pleasure method of evaluating arguments. Evaluating means that when you're told something, you have to decide how strong or convincing an argument is before you decide whether to believe it or not. This is going to help you in your life. If someone tells you something, you have to judge how convincing it is and you can use the pleasure method. Each letter stands for a way that you can judge the argument. So the P stands for positive outcome. If people believe this, will it have a positive outcome for the world? L stands for logical. Does what they are saying make sense? E stands for evidence. Is there empirical evidence to support the claim? A stands for authority. And I mean a relevant authority. Do experts agree with this? S stands for supported by people. 
This isn't always helpful, as there was a time when the majority of people agreed that the earth was flat or that segregation by race was okay. U stands for unique. Is there any other reasonable option or is this our best choice? R stands for relevant. Does it reflect the thinking of the time? And E stands for ethical. Does it follow the common agreement of what is right and wrong? Now, students and teachers of RE, I will put this method on the worksheet and in the show notes with examples to demonstrate how you would use this. But now let's use it to evaluate the alternative explanations for the resurrection. I know of five, you might know of more. Number one, the disciples stole and hid the body to convince everyone that Jesus had resurrected and was the Messiah. Number two, all four Gospels made the story up. Number three, he didn't die, he was just in a coma and woke up in the tomb. Number four, he had a twin brother. And number five, the Romans hid the body to make sure no one stole it. What we will do is take each of these theories in turn unpack it and evaluate it using the pleasure method. So number one, the disciples stole and hid the body to convince everyone that Jesus had resurrected and was the Messiah. Right, this means that they would have first of all had to bring down the Roman soldiers, trained killers on pain of death if they disobeyed the orders, then roll away the massive boulder in front of the tomb, take the body without being noticed and dispose of it. Then be willing that they and all their friends would be tortured and killed for believing that Jesus had risen. So this theory doesn't produce a positive outcome, doesn't feel very logical, there's no evidence for it, it isn't believed by relevant authorities on the Bible, so all in all this isn't a very convincing argument. Number two, the Gospels made the story up. This means that four people who didn't know each other all made up a story that was similar to each other, i.e. the details of the story were basically the same. It is possible, but not likely. Experts in the Bible know who wrote each book of the Bible and know the style of each author. And they know the parts that have been added later. And they know the parts that were probably written by someone else. The story of the resurrection is one of only 10 stories in the whole of the life of Jesus to be in all four Gospels. So they support each other. Also, remember what I said about women. If you're going to make up a story, you're not going to put women as the key witnesses. So that's not very logical. And there's no evidence that these stories were made up. So again, not a very convincing alternative. Let's look at alternative number three. Jesus didn't die. He was just in a coma and woke up a few days later. Historically, from what we know of the Romans, they knew how to kill people. To be whipped within an inch of your life, to have nails smashed through your wrists and ankles, to be hung up for hours so you can barely breathe, to be put in an airless tomb for 36 hours and survive, there is no precedent for this in the whole of history. In fact, Jesus surviving crucifixion is almost as much a miracle as the resurrection itself. And remember, the Romans tested he was dead before they removed him from the crucifix. There's just simply no evidence for this theory. It doesn't make sense and it's not supported by any relevant authority on the matter. Right, he had a twin brother. I mean, this is an interesting one because it does say that people didn't recognise Jesus straight away after the resurrection. So maybe it's because it was his twin brother, although clearly not an identical one. But for this to be true, the twin had to be a complete secret from the authorities 
and everyone else for 33 years. Judas had to be ready to betray this twin brother and the twin brother had to be prepared to die a torturous death. Or Jesus was killed and his twin brother, who had been a secret for 33 years, had to pretend convincingly to be Jesus for six weeks and then totally disappear again. And it was all an elaborate plan to make it look like Jesus had resurrected. But if this was true, why didn't the Romans recapture Jesus's twin, or the real Jesus, and kill him? Also, who was in on the plan? If the disciples were in on the plan, why would they be willing to be tortured and die for it? If they were not in on the plan, how could they think that the twin was Jesus? If you are friends with a twin, you can tell them apart, even if they're identical. And why would Jesus's twin do this? What does he get out of it? Just doesn't seem very logical. So let's look at the fifth one. The Romans hid the body to make sure no one else stole it. So when people started saying things like, he's resurrected, oh, he's the Messiah. Why didn't the Romans just go, no, he's not here, is his body? And then put an end to it all. Sorry, not convinced. But the meaning of this event for humanity, if indeed it did happen, is huge. This is why. It says in the Bible, For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. So remember before when we were talking about original sin, that Adam disobeyed God and ate the fruit and infected all humanity with sin, meaning we would all die? Well, this verse says that because of Jesus' resurrection, all will be made alive. So yes, it seems unfair that one man's sin punishes us all, but to make up for it, one man's life rewards us all. So it's all in balance. Most Christians believe that all have sinned, but only those in Christ, so only Christians are awarded resurrection. But it seems strange that the all in the first part of the verse refers to all humans, but the all in the second bit means just Christians. Well, you'll have to make up your own mind about that. And actually, when it comes down to it, you also have to make up your own mind about the resurrection. Either you believe in it or you don't. One thing is clear. The people at the time believed it. And 2,000 years later, one in three people in the world also do and claim that the power of the resurrected Jesus is still transforming lives today. But what do you think? Tweet me your thoughts at the RE Podcast One, Instagram, the RE Podcast, or message me on my website, www.therepodcast.co.uk. Personally, I quite like the metaphorical meaning of this event, that it doesn't matter if it is a literal event or not, but the symbolism of it is empowering. We all have to die to certain things and then come back to life again. We might have to die to an unhelpful habit we have, a bad relationship, a difficult period in our lives, unhelpful beliefs or thought patterns. When we put to death those things that prevent us being the best version of ourselves, then we can come back even better than before. And therefore, I think the meaning of the story of the resurrection of Jesus is a powerful message to all of us to die to our old self and be reborn into something glorious. But more than that, when we do wrong things, it causes a sort of death inside. We feel guilty. Our self-esteem is negatively impacted. It gnaws away at us. So sin does cause a sort of death. 
But through forgiveness, we can let go of this guilt and shame and live a full life. It's a beautiful message, even on this human level. So, as you are munching on your chocolate this Easter, remember this message. If there are things in your life that you need to put to death, things that are causing pain to you or to others, people or relationships that are harmful or just unhelpful, that are stopping you living your life to the full, then die to them and be resurrected. Happy Easter, everyone. My name is Louisa Jane Smith, and this has been the RE Podcast, the podcast for those of you who think RE is boring, which it is. I just proved it. But thank you so much for letting me bore the life out of you.